seeking collaborations with influential people. At GZPR, we create passion-fueled collaborations that go beyond traditional representation, a performance agency that onboards new clients every month. Our focus is on POC collaborations. Contact us now at hellogzpr.com, a self-aware public relations agency exploring world perspectives with leading talents. Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farag and welcome to Get to Know You, a podcast for those who want to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, where conversations can become stronger when we explore our thinking and behavior. Every Tuesday, a new question will be asked to a guest speaker, genuine everyday people here to have insightful conversations. A big announcement, a new course available now called How to Get to Know You. We'll be giving away the first lesson for free on the website. The link is also available in the show description. My guest speaker today was a combat controller deploying in the Australian Special Forces. Before joining the military, he did a butcher's apprenticeship, however, had a drive and desire for adventure and in particular combat operations. He ended up having a 21-year military career, both full-time and in the and in the reserves. In that time, he, he also was a bodyguard in the Middle East, as well as 12 years of the military time was spent in special operations around the world. Now, he's currently writing a book with co-author Brooke Strawn about life in service, the effects it has on relationships and the mental toll. He's a father of five with four daughters and a son. It was still a drive for adventure and learning, including psychology, riding, surfing, skydiving, trail running and climbing. Welcoming Troy Knight to get to know you. Welcome, Troy. Thank you, Tiff. Um, yeah, pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. And firstly, let's start with that book. So, book uh, Brooke is a co-author of this book. Tell us a bit more about this book. What is the title? What what's it What's it about? Uh, yeah, it, the title will be Havoc Zero Six. So that is that was my call sign uh, here in Australia. Was Havoc Zero Six? It's the call sign that I earned from uh, going through the Special Forces uh, continuum and becoming a combat controller. So it's Pretty, like it starts, uh, you know, like every book, you know, it starts with my upbringing and, and yeah, it goes into the military service. So September 11, I suppose, back in the day, changed everyone's lives um, and it changed mine. And I had 20 plus years of military service and went into special operations for about 12 years as well um, after having a sort of a brief hiatus of, you know, doing a bit of bodyguard work in Iraq and then working in Jordan, working for uh, one of the princes in Jordan. And yeah, it went, it's, so it's a bit about that. It's just that story. And then I try not to, it's a few war stories in there, obviously, but I try to just tell the mental toll that had on me as well as the toll it had on my relationships and the, the toll it had on my family. So yeah, that's where the book's at. Fantastic. And how far along are you with the book? Uh, we have just finished the first draft. So that's out with what we call the alpha readers. So people are reading it now. And, we're, yeah, we're well ahead of schedule. Uh, Fantastic. And we're probably looking at a release of April next year for the actual book. Um, but, yeah, the manuscript's done and it's out with the alpha readers at the moment. So we'll get a bit of feedback from everyone and then we'll – yeah, put in second draft, and then we'll put it out to the beta readers. So, uh, and they'll they'll obviously pick it, yeah, pick it apart even more. So, yeah, hopefully it's going to be a quality product, and yeah, hopefully people like like to hear the story. 
That's fantastic. I'm well, I'm looking forward to reading it briefly without giving us too much information away about what what's in the book. But I'd love to know, like, how what is the toll that it does take on your relationships? It, so I I was married for 16 years together uh, with the same woman for uh, same partner for 18 years. But yeah, that just broke down because I was too busy chasing the adrenaline rush of combat and just and working in the military. So. It took its toll. We sort of found ourselves, you know, moving apart. And then I had another sort of long-term relationship after that, but still military. I was still in the military. And, yeah, it, it just took its toll because I was too too busily focused on being part of the military and just deploying all the time. And if I wasn't deploying, I was training to deploy. So, yeah, it took okay. its toll. And, but more so, it took its toll on... My children, where yeah, you know, when I sit there, I've got a twenty-year-old and eighteen-year-old daughter, and they sit there and go, "Yeah, Dad, we don't really know you. You you were too busy off in the Middle East, or you were too busy off in other parts of the world that I can't talk about." And then, yeah, you know, I didn't get to be that father, so I'm trying to make up for that now. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah. No, I'm glad that you're trying to make up for that now and trying to build the relationships that you have with your children. That's fantastic. So when you say you you because you were deploying and training a lot, and is it because but when you were with them, was your mind elsewhere? Like your mind was on the training and your mind was on the military when you were present with them? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I think you've sun, uh, summed it up um, like you've captured it right there. It was, uh, like yeah. I, I, was too busy, I was too busy thinking about, you know, when am I going to jump out of a plane next? When am I going to, you know, run through you know, and do a close, you know, close quarter combat drill or something like that? Like, you know, when, I'm, when am I deploying next? Um, yeah. So, like, I'd take when I was home, I'd take the girls to soccer, and yeah. but my mind was already thinking about that. That what now? What next? What if? I was already thinking about that. Yeah. You know, what am I doing next week with work? So I was yeah. too busy. I was too excited about that. So sure, sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. The, the the girls paid the price for that. Um, they didn't really get a father. So. Yeah. Well, they have one now and you're willing, it's great that you're aware of that and that you're willing to put the work in and build the relationships and be present with them and, and know who they are and want them to, you know, get to know yourself. So, you know, you know, it's what happened, you know, and that was a choice that you made back then. And now you're making another choice right now. So that's still, that's fantastic. Yeah, definitely. No, definitely. It's, it's one of those things is, you know, I'm a 44 year old male and no one, no one taught me like I had a stable upbringing, but no one taught me as a as a male, young male. No one taught me emotion. Like I didn't, I didn't realize. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't realize what it was like to feel sad, happy. It was just, yeah. You know, I, I still remember conversations with my grandparents, my grandfathers, who were very influential on in my life. But at the same time, they'd there and go, "Why are you crying for you, big girl?" And I'd be sitting there going, and yeah, that's something I never say to my son. So yeah, it's like I learned as uh, you know a middle-aged man. I learned about emotion as a forty-four-year-old or as a forty-year-old when I was yeah really starting to learn about it. Um, yeah, but I never got taught how to deal with emotions as a as a young male. So. Yeah, no, uh, that, and that's and that's so true. Like that's I think most people in many different cultures and backgrounds, like different generations. Like I think our parents, like grandparents' generation, they just don't it, it, it wasn't something that they were able to put a label to like emotion like you know and i'm sure uh, many of us have been told that even girls why are you crying for as well 
you know so it's it's like being able that that form of expression or self-expression um not wasn't allowed back then but it wasn't like it wasn't uh you weren't rewarded for expressing yourself or you weren't it wasn't a good thing it wasn't seen as a good thing no i guess no yeah 100 agree it was, it was yeah it was just like sort of suck it suck it up and get on with the job you know the old the old the old saying suck it up princess sort of thing and it's just like well funnily enough yeah that doesn't always work no, no. And it, the thing too is like nowadays, and because as you, you know yourself, you have an interest in psychology, but it's not just sad. There's like layers of sad and then there's like different, uh, like it's such a, a spectrum of sad that we know now. Like it's, and, and it's not like I'm only sad because you can feel a number of emotions all at once, which is what most of us feel. We're not feeling one emotion in one period of time. No, definitely not. Definitely not. It's uh, it's a range of emotions, and and yeah, that goes that goes into things that um, you know, like emotional intelligence and, and stuff like that. Like I, I I put and I place emotional intelligence over intellectual intelligence for a lot of things, and um, yeah, just being aware of yourself, but others around you. So you know, um, that that self self assurance, I suppose, self. It's not resilient. Like there is resilience in there to a degree, but that that emotional intelligence, like just being hundred uh, percent aware of where you are and and you know, like what you are feeling, uh, I think goes a long way. That to me, that that's you know that's tenfold over having you know a triple digit IQ or something like that. You know, having mental mental level IQ. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Listeners, this is basically the the, the bit in the foundation here for the question. The question is, how does your emotional intelligence affect your relationships? So as you're talking there about intellect as well, like I know many, like I know surgeons who are like top of the end, like, you know, they're all, what you know, doctors are all super, super, super intelligent people, but lack an emotional intelligence. Super smart. They're operating. They're saving people's lives, but lack an emotional intelligence. And that always fascinates me that – Yes, you can have this focus and ability to, you know, you, you know, you're operating, you're, you're, you're studying the human body, you're able to retain a lot of information, you're able to uh, quickly react in emergencies that, you know, there's all different types of doctors, but yet a lot of them, especially surgeons, seem detached with emotions and connecting with others and being aware of what to say and what not to say. And that, that awareness is like, you know, a lot of people before somebody's passing away, they, the surgeons seem to like a lot of, I've seen a lot of patients or patients' families getting upset from what surgeons say to them because it's too direct and there isn't that emotional, like there's not that empathy that's there and, 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 and they're putting themselves in the other, the patient's family's shoes. No, definitely, and I mean, look, I, I, yeah, I'm not. I've been, you know, I've been in. Uh, like, I don't have obviously the medical skills that you do, and I've been in surgery, you know, in the military side, like just helping out when uh, I was in Afghanistan, like helping out with surgeries and stuff like that, just due to being a little bit upskilled in the medical world. I, I think the surgeons need that, but they also, yeah, they do lack that. Um, emotional intelligence sometimes and I don't know if that's deliberate like I, I don't know um, but 
yeah, the emotional intelligence. I, I, I thought I had emotional intelligence, especially with my, you know, going back to the original question of emotional intelligence in relationships. I thought I had that. I thought I was self-aware. I thought I was, you know, I thought I was bringing everything to the table, but I wasn't. Like, I, I didn't. I, I, I missed a couple of things. And um, for me, it goes back to critical, what, what I call, well, it's not what I call, but there's a thing called critical thinking. And as a combat controller, you're taught critical thinking, which then leads into problem solving, which then leads into situational awareness. And um, emotional intelligence is a massive part of that critical thinking. It's, it's not it's not having that bias. It's not, you know, it's, it's putting your emotions aside, but it's having that self-awareness. And, yeah, it's it's an amazing thing. Like, once you discover it, like, I've discovered it now. I think I've, you know, I've come a level, like, I, I call myself at the moment Troy 3.0. Yeah, because I've gone through a couple of journeys myself. So it's like nice. Troy 1.0, it's Troy, it's Troy 3.0. Um, but yeah, it's that emotional intelligence. It is, it is having that empathy. It's having that self awareness. Yeah, you've actually got, you've actually got to, yeah, really take a, a a long hard look at yourself, and you've got to, yeah, you know, you've got to accept your faults. Like, yeah, none of us are perfect. No, so, and in, but, when you were in training, they've they 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 trained you to uh, be more. Like, are you going through a training of understanding emotional intelligence and improving your emotional intelligence? Are they putting you through some kind of? Uh, yes, uh, they are. They, we, we call it the we call it developing the soft skills. Um, so the hard skills, obviously, is to shoot, move, and communicate. That's that's maybe running. Yeah, you know, running a gun or dropping bombs or something like that. But then we've got soft skills, so we bring in um, psychologists. We bring in, you know, um, people that like we just bring in people like business advisors and stuff like that. And they will lecture you. They will, yeah, you know, they'll provide uh, a product and yeah to develop your emotional intelligence. So because emotional intelligence is not like intellectual side of things. But it's like you can do tests or you can do exams, but it's it's hard to measure. So yeah. it's more in 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 my experience, it's something that you can develop um, more so from other people rather than actually sitting there doing an exam or no. It's when you're put in a situation. It's when you're put in a situation when you're talking to your ch- children, when you're talking to your partner, when you're talking to your friends, when you're interacting with other people, and you're put in situations. And I, uh, for example, if something, if somebody's making you angry, are you able to control what's happening with your emotion? Are you able to uh, not allow yourself to be, you know, react because you're angry? Are you able to go, hey, take a step back and look at it from like a third person? Are you allowed to take yourself out of the situation? All of that is emotional intelligence. Are you able to go, okay, this person in front of me right now is really fired up and they're really mad about this, this and that, and they're like going off, like they're, they're losing it. But I'm not going to lose it right here, right now. And clearly the real problem isn't whatever it is they're getting full, you know, losing, getting super angry, getting fired up about, it's something else. And are you able to like, you know, dissect that with the other person and, and go, hang on, that's actually not what it is that you're angry about. You're angry about something else. Let's let's go a bit further instead of and trying to understand why this person is angry instead of being defensive about their reaction and them going off at you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's that, that's that critical thinking that goes into emotional intelligence. It's, it's that bias. Like we've all got that. We've all got that emotional bias from our upbringings or 
you know, just, I suppose, external friction and stuff like that. But it's that, being able to put that bias aside to regulate your emotion and make a decision. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's exactly right. Emotional regulation. And I think that is that, like, when I am in a situation or I observe others in situations, and sometimes you think people have a high emotional intelligence, but then when you see them in a situation or see how they're they're behaving or what they're saying, you realize, wait, this person needs to, you know, you know, needs to check in with themselves because it's, they're not reacting in a way that they would like. Um, have you? Do you have an example of of being in a situation where you're able to to, to um, you know, quickly check in with yourself whilst you're in that situation? Yeah, um, yeah. So I, so I'll, I'll just give a military, you know, because um, that's my background. I'll give a I'll give a military sort of situation. So I went to a certain place in Afghanistan. Um, I had a you know a guy who I was a, who was a mentor of mine. He was he was killed there on a previous rotation, and I went there and um, we went to the same location. We got into a lot of gunfights, and I wanted to level the place. I wanted I wanted revenge, uh, basically. So I was going to level the place, and with with the like with air power, but yeah, emotional intelligence and that. You know that decision making sort of things took over, and I just went, yeah, I sort of checked myself and just went, hey, look, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, you know, I've got to do it correctly, I've got to, you know, um, and that's that that decision making. So yeah, I'd like to think that was, uh, and I made a lot of correct decisions that day, I think. But um, yeah, I emotionally I wanted to level the place, yeah, you know, to get revenge, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't do that because uh, everything took over, and that's that's um, yeah, that's that critical thinking, I suppose, which I critical thinking and emotional intelligence they roll into one. So you, as yeah, far as, absolutely. As far as relationships go, though, I I you know I didn't make the best decisions in a lot of my relationships. That was just you know I won't say I won't blame it on anything, but I I wish I'd had a bit more emotional intelligence. You know, over those sort of things because I did get a bit fired up in in certain things, like emotionally. So yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. So I didn't really make the best decisions in my relationship. Um. But yeah, that that would be a point for you know that would be yeah, and that's that's somewhere I've I've grown myself. I've just sat there and I've just gone, yep, I made those mistakes and I'm not going to make those mistakes again. Yeah, no, fantastic. Back to that first example. So that would have been, that's very interesting. Like, like how you say, it's not just emotional intelligence is with critical thinking. Like you need to have both. And especially being in such an extreme condition as you were, and a, an extreme moment and out of, you know, people like to in just, you know, blame anger for reacting in, in, in certain ways. But you were able to control that and be rational. In, a, in such an extreme situation where nobody would have, you know, a, 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 your actions would have been, you know, justified in a way because of the anger and and uh, that you were feeling. Um, not completely justified, but still it would have been, like, understandable, your reaction. So um, do you think, what do you think happened in your mind there when you're, like, where I just clicked over to rationality? Uh I'd like to say it's, it was a product of the training that I had 
um, through being a combat controller. Like there was, because like, we spent a lot of time doing, you know, that sort of style, you know, the soft, what we call the soft skills. But I'd like to think I'd, I'm still a normal person. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not this uh, Dexter type person that's going to skin. Yeah, I don't skin people for starters like Dexter. But um, yeah, like. I did, like, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to, I, I got deployed for a reason, you know, for the, for the government and I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to hurt anyone else or that didn't need to be hurt. Like, yeah, we chased the Taliban over there. Um, obviously that's been in throughout the news at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. We took, we took, we took bad people off the face of the earth. Like that's the, that's the reality of it. Uh, but I didn't want to hurt the women and children, like, like, or, or, and even the males, I didn't want to hurt anyone who didn't take up arms against us, or didn't, you know, take up arms yeah. against anyone else. Yeah, that's um, such a like. But, I have such an interest in what you're talking about right now, and I, I like. I'm. I love that you didn't. You didn't want to hurt anyone else who wasn't like men included, men and women and children. But you know, you see a lot of that happening. Uh, it, like with the U.S. military or other military, of course, but where they end up, a lot of women and children do end up dying, and and innocent people. And is that yeah. putting it down? Is that is that down to people's just reacting because you know, like you said, one of your mates was killed or something like that, and so you just react, and so you you make a wrong judgment. Um. Yeah. Look, I don't know. Like you can't. Uh, you can't really say it's US military either because Australian military is like we made our stuff up as well. Like it's it's just it's just yeah, you make the wrong judgment at the time. I don't think anyone like I don't think there's any psychopaths out like there probably is a small percentage of people that wanna hurt everyone. But yeah. I don't think there's a like I don't think there's, you know, from any military like uh, no. and yeah, you can look look at some of the footage at the moment with the US Marines. Uh, over in Kabul, you know they've got the they've got, you know women and children that like you know they're feeding kids and stuff like that. And I I think that's absolutely awesome. Like okay, yeah, the media the media drives things and the media, um, yeah, the media makes it up. Like yeah, you know, politicians don't run the country or run the world. Media the media runs the world. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I I don't think I think if there is it's like a you know put a percentage on it, it'd be like a 0.1% you know, amount of people that you know, want to actually hurt everyone or, or something like that. But majority of people, are, I think, are normal. And, you know, they've got, the, got, they've got that empathetic bone and you know, that empathetic sort of, sort of things. And, yeah. Yeah. They, so when, they want so to look when, up. Yeah. So when these things do happen, though, like when women and children or innocent people are harmed in war, is that purely by accident? I would say yes. I like. I don't think. I don't know anyone. I don't. Yeah, I couldn't like without without being sort of an armchair critic. I couldn't like without being there. Like unless you're on the on the ground, unless you're doing it. Yeah. Like I don't tend. I don't tend to judge because I don't know what happened. Like I don't know yeah. the scenario. But so I would say 100%. Yeah, it'd be. Um, yeah. It would be 100% accidental from our side of things. But yeah, you know, if you wanna if you wanna look at things from a, a Taliban attack, you know, when they did it on Kabul just recently, the suicide like that, they were out to harm anyone they could. Yeah, so, they didn't care. Um, and that was that, that was 
yeah, that was that was well, that was I shouldn't say Taliban. That was ISIS K. So it was uh, you know a different faction. But yeah, they don't they don't care. Um, yeah, so that's that's the part that sort of gets to me. It's just like why why harm the innocent? Like yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, so, yeah. It's like. I've got no problems putting myself on the battlefield. They don't have problems putting themselves on the battlefield, but why harm that? Why harm the innocent? Uh, but unfortunately, that's the way warfare goes. If we could actually, you know, um, I'm more of a pacifist these days, but, you know, people sit there and go, what, you know, Troy, Troy 3.0, what's happened? To, what happened to the, the angry Troy that was just, you know, wanting to, you know, get on the battlefield and sort of, mm. and take it to everyone? I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't, enjoy that i'd rather pay it forward with gratitude and i call it paying i call it paying it forward you know the other day i was in a um before lockdown here yeah um i was in a um, in a line coffee shop line and a uh, little girl in front of me she bought a cup of coffees and uh couldn't get the card to work but yeah you know, i paid for her coffees and you know that that gave me the the gratitude in the self like yeah you know, I, it cost me like nine dollars whoopie do but um, I paid for her coffees, and it was like that—that's me just paying it for. So yeah, and I enjoyed that. But that brought me self gratification. So. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. I love that you said that. Um, and th- these small things add up. And the, I think I always say it's like it's the small things that that really brighten our day, like that. Like you just buying someone's coffee. It's like oh well, like you know, you just see. Uh, it's always you know interesting to me that these are the little things that really like really touch us with people and you're just like oh well and you get taken back by when a when a you know someone you don't know does these things or or you know just gives you a helping hand like just it, it's the stuff that that makes us you know connected it makes us feel human it's it, it makes more of an impact it, yeah 100% like well it, you know we we come from primates so we are humans, even though people sit there and go, oh, I'm introverted, I'm extroverted, but humans come from, we are primates and we are like, a, we're a group animal. So we do like being around people. Like, uh, you know, I do, I like, I like being around my mates. I like being around my children. I like, you know, I, I don't like hanging out alone. There are times where I'll just, I'll pull back from society, but that's due to my own, you know, that's due to post-traumatic stress and stuff like that. It's yeah. Just like I'll just pull from society for the moment and, and hang out on my own but um yeah, yeah we we do like hanging out with people and yeah i, I like I, I did get a kick out of paying for someone's coffee you know it cost me whatever nine bucks whatever yeah it's, uh, makes you I feel good that. when I, you help others you, you you get rewarded too you feel good exactly exactly yeah, yeah so yeah whether that's selfish or not i don't know but yeah it made me feel good i helped someone else out and it was that gratitude it was that paying it forward it was yeah no, it's that's being, beautiful. Yeah, exactly, exactly. How about now, like in in your day to day now, like when it, how have you been able to like? Has it been a story? Do you have a moment where you were able to uh, check in with yourself and go, "Hey, if I, you know, needing to be aware and needing to like reevaluate before you respond in in any of your relationships, it be friendship or 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 other types." Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So I'm I'm up here in North Queensland at the moment, um, seeing my children and doing you know doing a bit of diving and stuff like that. So I haven't um, since splitting up with my ex-wife. Her and I have had a very how do I put it tumultuous 
tumultuous. Is that even a word? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, relationship for, for five years. So we didn't get along, but we're actually getting along now and, you know, pushing past that sort of thing. Um, yeah, we're still, we're not great mates by any, by any means, but we're actually, you know, getting along, which is, is awesome. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I've had to do a lot of, um, self reflection. I've had to do, you know, and I realized that I'm not the, the perfect person by any means. So. I've had to pull back and look at myself and, and look at that relationship. and But it's been better for the kids. Like it's just chatting to like my two eldest girls who are adults. Yeah, you know, they're 20 and 18, my two eldest daughters. And then, yeah, they're just sitting there going, this is so weird. You two are getting along. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going, oh, okay, well, we're both making yeah, an effort to get along for the fans. So, yeah. yeah. So that's probably the, the, the most recent one. And you know, that's current, that currently still goes on. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And I love that you just pointed that out too. Like people don't realize it, it doesn't even need to be among a family, but if you if you reflect and go back and look at your actions and, and your behavior and, and see your impact in your words on others, it be in any relationship that you have and friendship and so on, and and checking in and 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 knowing, oh hang on, I shouldn't react like that or talk to this person in this way or whatever. And 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 um growing that relationship impacts all the other relationships in your life. Yeah, it does. It does definitely. Um yeah it's it's impacted uh like it's actually been, yeah, whilst it's only been last for a few months. Um it's been yeah, it's been really it's been healthy. It's been healthy for myself. It's been healthy for for the children, it's been healthy for, you know, future relationships that are, you know, that I may have down the track. So. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. That's what people don't like. Just if you would, if everyone were to just focus on one relationship and make and, and, and just reflect on that and know, understand your behaviors and, and see, like, even if you're not in a, in a, like a romantic relationship, it'd be just with one friend, you will notice the changes and shifts and in all your relationships. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, and yeah, I've already noticed that that exactly what you talked about then um, or described. Yeah, I've noticed the, the change in the shift in just friendships, whether it be male friendships, whether it be female friendships, whether it be you know people that um, yeah. I'm not in a relationship by any means at the moment, but yeah, there's there's people that are that I'm close to, um, mm-hmm. yeah, from the opposite sex. So yeah, it's, I've noticed changes in that. So. Yeah, and how do you how do you um uh allow yourself or like you said you know men especially aren't really uh middle-aged men at the moment aren't really um promoted to express emotion and so on and are you able to do that just like uh in the same type of way with men as you are with women like with your male with your male friends being able to to share that emotion and exp- and express yourself and and checking in with yourself and allowing them to express themselves like is that something that how have you allowed a space for that to happen um, with your with yourself and your male male friendships yeah like i've adopted so i've adopted the same ideology as what i do with i've got a lot of uh, close female friends and i've always found it easier to open up um personally you know you know, and these are actual friends, like, you know, they're not friends with benefits or anything like that, but I've mm-hmm. found it easier to open up to a female than a male, but I've started doing the same with uh, with my male counterparts, and, you know, some, sometimes it takes them a bit by shock because I, 
you know, I used to work in a alpha male dominated area. So everyone was like that alpha male. Like there was all just dominant, dominant males that, you know, everyone was trying to be the best at everything we did. And, mm-hmm. you know, emotions isn't, uh, uh, having emotions isn't something that we were taught about. So, um, yeah, it, I, like I've just started adopting that. The guys at first, with some of them, took a, you know, took a bit of, like, they're sitting there going, why are you sharing emotions with me? Why are you, why are you, why are you crying, Troy? And I'm sitting there going, because I'm emotional. Leave me alone, sort of thing. Yeah. But um, it's, it's something that's, uh, yeah, it, it was hard for me to do at the start initial, uh, initially. But um, now, yeah, I think, and I think it's, well, hopefully I, you know, can help lead other guys and, you know, if they are feeling sad, they are feeling down, like, they can share their emotions as well rather than bottle them up because that's what I did. I bottle them up. Like, you know. um, so, yeah, I've, I've adopted it with my, you know, my friendship sort of thing um, with with other men. It's just like, yeah, I'm not afraid to tell someone that I, yeah, one minute I can cry, next minute I can be angry as hell. And, yeah, and when I do get angry, I, I pull away. That's when I pull away from society. I just lock myself away sort of thing. It's just like, you know, there's nothing positive here. I just got to get it out myself and I just chill out and do my own thing, like do a bit of meditation and that mm. sort of thing. But I definitely, I definitely don't have issue um, crying in front of another male. Uh, yeah. So or, you're able to you know, show that you're able to see the strength in that and allow the other the male people in your life to allow them to also express themselves. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something that I've tried to pass on, you know, as much of the influence as I can be to my son, um, yeah, he's the only one who will hold my hand. We'll, we'll be in the shops. He'll, he'll hold my hand. Um, my daughters, my daughters will walk two, you know, two steps in front of me. But I'm just like, yeah, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to hold hands, mate, or don't be afraid to, you know, show affection or show emotion. So yeah, yeah, I try that's and fantastic. Pass that on. No, I love that. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And just before we go into that, because I do want to understand how you've been able to shift that with your children. Um, a study that I did find was that this uh, uh, um, a researcher, he's a neuroscientist, I think, I believe so. He's uh, a Portuguese neuroscientist. And he said that your emotion, our emotions are actually physical reactions. Uh, so they're like, they're physical reactions, but what we express are actually our feelings. So there's actually two different things. So a lot of our emotion, our, our the reactions that are happening, our emotional reactions are one thing, but feelings are something else. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. Uh, I've, I've never thought about it that way. That's uh, interesting. I need to. I might need to go away and research that. Like as much as you know, like I love the, uh, being an amateur psychologist, but uh, yeah, feelings and emotions things that are uh, separate things. So yeah, I might need to. Or, like, uh, and I'm not afraid to put it out there, like, to your listeners. Like, I, I, I see a clinical psychologist. I'm not afraid to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps me through my life. Uh, I needed her, and I've got a good rapport. Like, I've been seeing her now for about three years. So yeah, that's fantastic. Down to, you know, she, she helps me understand the brain and helps me understand that, yeah, what I'm thinking. So I'm probably going to go away and ask her that one. So I don't really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. That's great. You've set a little light off in my head, and I'm just going, "Wow, I didn't really, I didn't understand that." Yeah, like I didn't realize that. So, yeah. 
yeah, no, when I read it too, I was just like, oh, that's super interesting. And I d- d- dove into that and started reading more about it. And um, I'd love, I love that you were able to just with the example that you gave earlier about your son and, and allowing him to just hold your hand and, and show the affection and, and uh, you're correcting that with future generations. And it's so interesting to see uh, um, you, you're doing that with your, with your, with your son. So a lot of, uh, I think, you know, just a lot of people, especially males who um, are not, are not aware of that and are not trying to change it with with future generations so do you do you uh are you constantly being aware of that are you constantly uh, are you constantly looking at um okay i'm gonna allow all the allowances uh, and expression and like and allow my daughters to express themselves in all kinds of forms as well as my son and and like making sure like have you had to correct yourself to allow that for your son as well Yes, I have had to correct myself. Uh, yeah, a simple phrase, for instance, yeah, don't be a girl or don't, you, you, like, I'm sure you would have heard that, you know, phraseology growing up, you know, don't, don't, don't be a sook, don't be a girl. Yeah. And I'm, or, you know, or fuck it up princess type thing. Like, I correct, like, I, I, because that's what, you know, that's what was told to me and not through no, you know, I don't, I don't sort of hold anything against uh, anyone saying that to me because that that was the generation. But um, I make sure I don't say that to my son, and and same with my daughters. I sit and just go, look, don't just because you're girls, don't let someone. And they, my girls, like they love putting makeup on and dressing up and and everything like that. They're they're the roughest and toughest girls that I've you know that I've ever come across. Like they are, <laughs> they're all tomboys, but. But at the same time, they'll all put on a dress and, and put some makeup on. So, you know, they're pretty, uh, pretty amazing young women themselves. So, but yeah, with my son, I've had to correct myself just due to, yeah, just due to the world I grew up in. So, um, yeah, it's like I sit there and go, yeah, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that phraseology. I'm not gonna use that phraseology. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, and he, he, he holds my hand, like he actually reaches out and holds my hand stuff like that and, yeah. and if he cries because he hurts himself he's one of the toughest like he's got more wounds as a nine-year-old nearly 10 but he's got more stitches and more wounds than what i ever had you know from just doing silly boy stuff yeah but um you know if he tries when he when he when it happens i sit down and go that's all right mate yeah don't worry about it it's, yeah it's good you know let it out let it out so that's fantastic it's all right to cry that's so great, Troy. I yeah, love that you I do that. I love that. that you do that. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Troy. This has been a beautiful conversation. I love this so much. And um, no, this is fantastic. And uh, listeners, I'm sure you're interested in in the book. So when it comes out, send me the send me the link, and I'll I'll share it with the with the listeners. And um, as you know, Troy, I love before I um. I love to ask all my guest speakers this question. How is this conversation with me right now, talking out loud? How has it made you like reflect or highlight anything to you? It's it's actually like I uh, it's actually how do I put it? Like I'm I'm trying to describe it, I, and this is something that Brooke always he goes, you know how to describe things. Like Brooke always gets in the mix. He goes, you know how to <laughs> describe things. You just don't, don't you know let people know your emotions, but. Um, it's been uplifting, like just chatting to you about this, like this whole podcast was just about the, you know, the emotional side of things. And, you know, it's not, it's not something I get to chat about every day. It's something I'm passionate about because I do like the, the psychology of things. And I, like, you know, I don't, I don't want anyone else. If I can, 
if I can help just one person, then yeah, with gratitude and paying it forward, then I'm happy for that. Um, yeah, because I, I spent a lot of my time, you know, taking people off off the face of the earth with the military side. So yeah, I'm by no means a pacifist, but it's been uplifting. It's been yeah, like I'm sitting here with a smile on my face, and like it's just it's yeah, it's been it's like it's not it's not like a weight lifted, but it's just yeah, it's, it's been awesome. Like uh, refreshing. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, refreshing. I'm trying to. I'm trying to put it into words. I'm trying to find words. Sorry, Tiff. Um, no, no, you're right. Put it into words, but it's um, yeah, no, it's been excellent. It's uh, yeah, so, yeah, being on your podcast and just chatting a bit, getting a chance as a male to chat about this because you know everyone wants to, you know, whether it be through social media or podcast, everyone sits there and goes, oh yeah, I want to know about how you drop bombs or you shot people, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, uh, you know. I did that, I did this, I did that. But this has been like actually getting to chat about raw emotions and emotional intelligence, um, which are key things for me. So it's been very uplifting. It's been very, very spiritual, very, very freeing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's brought a smile to my face. So. Uh, I'm so glad to hear that, Troy. That really, really, truly means a lot to me. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. And um, do you ha- do you have uh, any uh, uh, links at the moment where people can find you, or Instagram, or anything like that? Um, the only one is Instagram at the moment, which is uh, yeah, Troy six, and the zero six is because of my havoc call sign, uh, which was my call sign in the military, but. Um, yeah, in the next couple of months, we'll be launching the uh, YouTube channel as well as the um, as well as the website. So yeah, we're doing that and pushing the book. And uh, yeah, there'll be a blog on there. Perfect. Between, yeah, Brooke and my, Brooke's already got her stuff going on. Yeah, she's uh, got the girl outdoor stuff. So you can always look up Brooke Strawn as well. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, she's she's done amazing with her life and. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can, uh, yeah, emulate a bit of that. But. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Troy. And I'll be, I'll be uh, putting all those links into the into the um, show description. Thank you for listening to Get to Know You. If you join, if you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review, and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Get to Know You with Tiffany Farag. In my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, I want to hear from you, listeners. The question again: How does your emotional intelligence affect your relationships? Leave an audio, video, or a message on the Facebook or Instagram page of your response to today's question, including your name and where you are from. We'll include some different responses in next week's Get to Know You Cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me in a post with your question. Join us every Tuesday on Get to Know You.